Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Mike Check, the podcast where two comedians go through the filmography of Mike Myers just to check if they're good or not. My name's Alexi Toliopoulos. My name is Cameron James. Thank you for listening. Uh, we launched last week and... The, the stuff that you're saying is really touching us. It's very lovely. We're getting some great reviews on iTunes and on Facebook. And honestly, your belief in our stupid idea is making us so happy. So yeah. thank you very much. We really appreciate that. Appreciate that, actually. That's I appreciate actually a very cool way of saying appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I'm appreciative of you guys. So I uh, <laughs> just want to remind you guys, give us five stars on iTunes. And in your review, we would love you guys to... You know, give us the title and concept for what you think our next super specific podcast spin off podcast. Yeah. So, we've had some good ones so far. Someone, uh, Jamie on Facebook, requested a Chris Farley spin off episode called A Bridge to Farley, which I thought was pretty good. I think it's good. It's definitely a contender. We will definitely record at least one of your suggestions. Yeah, we've done one already, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but when you know, you know. Yeah, I can't wait for it to come out. I also want to read a review from uh, Slater Boy on iTunes. He gave us five stars. Thank you so much for that. And he just says, just like Durries, this podcast will kill you, Ben Lee. And I think uh, <laughs> that's very apt for a lot of the feedback we've got from um, the first episode being two hours long. It was only two hours. I it's can't believe it. only that. two hours long. Remember, tell your friends, listen to this podcast. It's only two hours long. We should mention, we are actually watching the film Wayne's World today. That's what we're discussing. So if you're listening, pause the pod right now. Pop on Wayne. World, yes. come back and listen you to it. Probably own it on DVD. <clears throat> it's my check, it's my check, the podcast that Mike buys. And we're clear. And let's introduce our guests. We've actually got two very special guests here today. I would say that they are the true mm. Wayne and Garth. Of podcasting. I think Wayne and Garth would have a podcast if they were young boys That's today. That's the reboot that I want to see. I want to, I want it to be Zach Efron and... Zack Snyder. Yeah, and Zack Snyder. The two Zacks finally together <laughs> at last. I needed them to do a project together. Kickstarted and by Zach Braff. It. Yeah, well, we've got to get Braff on doing board. Doing the soundtrack. Yes, we've got to get Zach Braff. You probably know their voices from the HeyFam podcast. We've got Levens and Truscott. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm a big Waniac, so yes. it really means a lot for me that um, you guys invited us uh, on for this first app. I'm just a, I'm just a humble ogre looking, looking for a Fiona and maybe a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's we, three of us here. We've got plenty of donkeys that listen to this show, and of course, I'm referring to gentlemen with huge dongs. Yeah, we That's... only—it's 
a strict policy. You can only listen to the show if you've got a massive wing. <laughs> I'm really looking forward, actually, to the Shrek episode, just to, to hear this, like, I guess the... Je ne sais quoi. The je ne sais quoi, The French call a certain... I don't know what. <laughs> well, that's a different podcast. <laughs> what, the, just the fact that the dragon and donkey have kids. Like, I'm really looking forward for you guys yeah. tackling that. Oh, uh, yeah. That's going to be a real huge. Grimsby yeah. situation. We cannot <laughs> wait grim. to get into it. Very Grimsby. <laughs> so what this podcast is all about, this is about us not only going through the filmography of Mike Myers just to check if they're good or not, but we want to find out... Who Mike is? Well, look, I had a look on IMDb as I do every day, uh, mm, in particular sure. to Wayne's World. And it is, it is. And th there was a shocking amount of information about how difficult Mr. Myers was sure. on set. And this was his first film. Can I get a Myers story out here? I told someone that I was going to be on a yes, podcast. Yes, we would love to hear about personal stories related and to And this that. comes straight from uh, the land of the maple. This is, this is a story direct from Canada. Mm. And I, I work with a fellow... Who a fellow, uh, yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Oh, I love, bars. I love his work. Well, yeah, he's. Uh, you've never seen a fellow. They say in two C, Billy Crystal in the lead. <laughs> it just makes you think it's a whole different approach. Dual role as Iago and a he fellow. is both. Yeah, yeah, well, the audience is generally Iago at this stage, <laughs> whispering like, "Don't do this." But uh, my friend worked on a film in Canada, a little film that I think you guys will be covering soon called The Love Guru. Yes, oh, wow. one day and soon. That's like a that's a good year away. Yeah, yeah. right. So that's made, something that we're really. Well, I think Mike's only done like nine films, right? Or yeah. He's actually done 24. We counted them up. Not including like Shrek holiday ones. You're doing those no, ones? Like the directing video shows? The main feature length films of Mike Myers. There's 24? Yes. Okay, let's go through them. No, let's no, no, we don't have time. We really don't have time. Go, go and listen to the 20 minute episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go listen to the six week Listen in the to the two hour one as well while you're yeah. at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we worked on The Love Guru. And this was obviously in Canada. And as, you know, after I felt, picked myself up after falling off my seat, I said, well, what is he like? What's Mike like? And he said, well, have you seen the movie E.T.? And I go, of course I have. But that's good. What are you, why are you talking about mm. that? Wasn't it wasn't the rumor Drew Carey was in that or something? Not uh, mm. not, not Mike. Mike said, no, no, no. He refused to work with, like, communicate with everybody. So from his trailer to the set, he had, like, a tunnel, like, of tents built, much like the investigators oh, come to Elliot wow. from his trailer to the set to perform daily and would not talk to anybody wow. except while he was in character in a scene, not ad not, not like Christian Bale, like gets mm. in the character and lives sure. that, like just would not talk to anybody until a director said action. See, it's stories like these that they're the reason why we're doing this show yeah. because he's an enigma. Yes. He, really he makes, he makes some of the broadest, most commercially appealing comedies of all time, but no one really knows anything about him. And he's a very serious guy. So we just want to crack the Myers code. We want to know who he is, what's he, what he's about. Is there a curse? Is he horny? Yes. You know, is he a horny dude? Does he make you horny? Levins, does Mike make you horny, baby? Sex? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> totally. What, what's your relationship to Mike Myers? <laughs> um, so I want to talk about the first time I saw Wayne's World. I'd yeah, love to hear that story. It was actually Wayne's World too. Ooh, oh, controversial! And watching this movie, um, when I finally saw Wayne's World, it was—I mean, I, 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 did any of us see it at, at the movies? I when saw it came both out? the cinema. Fucking, you were way too cool, man. No, I um, no, I saw it on video. I was uh, not born, so <laughs> even cooler. See, that's why I have a theory. <laughs> so I have a, I'd like to speak about this later. So I have a theory. That's why you're so akin to Austin Powers because I think you were yes. almost the same age we were when we first saw Wayne's World. You being the baby of the group. Probably, I'm the baby boy. The baby but, <laughs> let my gender be known. 
I have a dick. <laughs> but just a little one, which is why you're recording the podcast and not listening to it. That is true. That's true. <clears throat> so I went back and I, I in, in preparation for this, I went and I watched um, as many of the early post like pre movie Wayne's World skits oh, they did on Saturday Night Live. Good move. And uh, so what that was that on SNL? It was on early nineties, I guess. But early he did a few shows. He, he carried Wayne through a few TV series. Yeah, right? Wayne started on a Canadian uh, show called "It's Only Rock and Roll." So it was like a music show, like a legit yeah. one. It was kind of like an Alan Partridge esque. Yeah, like journal, a, is it that throw to him and be like, "That's right. What's going on?" Yeah, had a segment called Wayne's Power Minute. Yes, I watched be, a bunch uh, of those. Yeah, nice. but, but, but the, you watched the SNL. Yes. Stuff. I watched the SNL stuff, mm-hmm. and the stuff that gets the biggest laughs is when he's like, "Not." Yeah, totally. and like I always, I think by the time I saw Wayne's World, like that was just what people said all the time, oh, yeah. and so it never made. I never, I never, I never got why that was the funny part of the movie. Um, it's so weird yeah. too because you think about it, and the Wayne is a is satire. Yeah, like the character, like the metal, but he's a satire, satire of like seventies <laughs> metalheads. It's such a yeah, weird. Satire. It's like a, it's, it's a joke, 90s. but because. We probably saw it at a certain age cool and people shit. already quoting it. He is cool to us. Yeah. Mm. But the joke is that he's lame but thinks he's cool. He's I agree with that completely. It, I thought he was so cool growing up. Like, I still do. You know, having a basement TV show. I mean, this is yeah. what Central we're doing now. Yeah. you got, uh, Like I said, you guys are Wayne and Garth. I'm not going <laughs> to say who's who. I, oh, no, I think who's who. I saw a quote from Dana Carvey himself where he said when Mike got him on board to, do, to play mm. Garth to his Wayne, he said... Wayne is a guy who thinks he's cool but is not, and Garth is a guy who is not cool but thinks Wayne is cool. I mean, that's your that's yeah. beautiful chemistry right beautiful. there. That just writes itself. Doesn't really it? made me feel horny, baby. Reading <laughs> <laughs> that. So you know, I, I first saw Wayne's World two <laughs> at, at a sleepover party. I was in year four or five, and um, it was. Uh, you know how you always had that mate that was like the... I, mean, I went to Catholic school, so I had a few mates like this. Yeah. Where they were like the sixth, <laughs> the sixth child, like the youngest of like, oh, wow. of like eight or six kids. So like yeah. by the time... When you go to their house, their parents don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. They They're can like, rent, we, they can rent whatever movies they want. And so for his whatever birthday, like ninth birthday or tenth birthday, we rented Wayne's World 2 and Falling Down. Oh, oh my wow. god! <laughs> what a double feature! Dangerous. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, Wayne's World!" I can't wait to watch Wayne's World. Was a great year. Yeah, and uh, and uh, we everyone was like, "No, no, we're watching Falling Down first. So <laughs> we're watching this fucking bummer of a movie oh that god. made no sense to my <laughs> mind. And then everyone else except me and maybe one other person fell asleep after Falling Down. And I watched Wayne's World two. With someone that I, that didn't go to my school. Mm. This was without seeing one, right? You without seeing one. Yeah, wow. And um, did you love it? I've loved it, especially like yeah. compared to to falling down. Yeah, it was totally. way more it's fun. It's a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Ninety four. What a year. Yeah, I remember watching number one at the cinema with both of my parents. They took me. It was like, when did that come out? 92 here? Mm-hmm. It was 91 yeah. in the States, yeah. So I think it was 92 here because mm. it's back then when they used to release movies like mm. seasonally, like years Fuck. apart or something. But yeah, I just remember loving it. I can't remember it not being in my... I even still remember the ads on TV advertising it and it ended with Stacey crashing into the car. Great yep. I remember that Great was like the, the post-credits scene that would show. Like <laughs> uh, something about it was electrifying. I just thought it was very cool. Like I, th- like you guys, I, th- I thought th- they were very cool. Mm. Yeah. Like, I didn't realise it was a parody of... Weird. Of like hipsters, but it's not basically nineties hipsters. Yeah, and when you break it down, it's like a parody of the Canadian hipsters yeah. interpretation in New York, but then moved yeah. to Chicago. Like it doesn't exist, so I assume that's what people were like. It's just kind of like small town people that are influenced by the culture of big cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. and that's their interpretation of it and their 
uh, community based. And they treat the world around them as if they are in like New York City or something like that. Like the donut shop and the driving around and shit. Oh, totally. But like the fact Alice Cooper and like Aerosmith are the bands that everyone wanted to. Like I I thought they were they were very current bands when I watched them originally. Mm. Same, but they were hacked by that point. Yeah, and it's like it's it and all the metalhead stuff. Like it's I took. So many notes for this movie. The most I've ever taken for any of our podcasts analyzing film. Because this is the first time I've seen one of my favorite movies through as a like a film literate adult. And like wearing a, a pink, pink spy who shagged a hat. Yeah. Wearing a beautiful <laughs> totally. cap. And also I was wearing a beret right underneath it just to show that I'm cultured. Smoking but the first, and, uh... the first thing that I really picked up on that I loved about this movie and why it works on such a great level is the is those gentle fourth wall breaks because it mm. kind of it builds an intimacy between you and the characters because they're Wayne Wayne the way that he talks to the character it's very presentational and hostful and it kind of builds you a feeling of like hey I'm following Wayne. I trust this you guy you feel like I you're in the backseat of the car like one of yeah. the boys like he's, he's kind of like come along it's almost like he's showing you a tour of his hometown and his life yeah. that's how the movie kind of starts with the way they present to the camera and you kind of really start empathizing with him and feeling with him because where the way the camera retreats Wayne, it's where through his perspective, there's a scene where he sees Cassandra and Dreamweaver starts playing and mm. it kind of romanticizes and surrealizes that moment. Mm. But then at this, the very next shot is uh, Rob Lowe's character seeing Cassandra mm. and there's no music that plays. Mm. And it just shows this is, it can, builds a connection between Wayne and the way that Garth talks to the camera. The only He only talks to the camera to... To either hide, confide, or investigate and explore. Yeah. And it's kind of, it shows the dynamic between those characters. And the, this is the first time that I've seen the movie. I've really understood who Garth is. I think Garth is like easily the best character in the Wayne's World yeah. franchise. Is I, that, am I, like, I know this is a Mike Myers podcast. I'm a big fan of <laughs> but, but, but Dana no, Carvey never had any other that. hits outside of it. So I know this is the first, mm. first episode all about Mike, but we have to give this one to Dana Carvey. I yeah, think, MVP for sure. Yeah, Dana. Dana really brings a lot of <clears throat> heart into this movie because he's got he's a guy that just is built around these anxieties and they come bursting out all the time. And that's just a character I didn't I didn't understand that when I was a kid watching these movies. I thought they were just cool dudes. We got mm. to speak about the the great Rob Lowe. I mean, this was his resuscitation film. Like the, mm. the last oh, thing before this tape, with his sex tape. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. we've, we've, was it ever? It was a minor, right? Or someone who's very know. young. I, I think know. so. Yeah, he like he was, a he was cool some, babe. Well, that's what he said. That <laughs> was, was the Rob Lowe defense. It was just yeah. like, and I think like he, I mean, he's even thanked this movie for giving him comedic chops. I know that around this point, this is where he went completely he's sober, personally thanked gave Mike. up the gear, yeah. and really started focusing on his. Put the booger sugar aside. <laughs> yeah, he personally thanks. Stop hanging out at the crash on weekends, and was just kind of like, no, you know what? Let's uh, let's let the director call the shots next time. I just wanted that you guys realize you're never going to be able to watch a Mike Myers film switched off again. Like now that you've taken off, I'm task. switched on, baby. But that, was, <laughs> but that is it always going to be pleasurable or are you always going to be well this was a pure joy for me i actually okay i actually watched it like you were just saying the jokes were hitting me on another level but as a filmmaking experience i couldn't help but get sucked back into just how i watched it when i was oh right yeah i I thought you were saying yeah i thought you were saying that this is like you know kind of devoid oh no 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 no. i think it's a beautiful looking film and everything but i just couldn't i couldn't get the pen and paper out i was just like watching it and going fuck this is just Joy in every the inch pacing, of the frame. like you said, is like it's joke on joke on joke. There's, I reckon, there's barely thirty seconds between parts, well, and, and, it, and it moves it's, moves from scene to scene, almost like set piece to set piece, yeah. so it's quickly. Flowing. And it's just well, sketch it's movie, great. Basically. I mean, by the time they're at uh, 
Akita Stan Makita's yeah, yeah it's incredible and it's Ed O'Neill's it, like he's the only other like external <laughs> character I can think out of Wayne and Garth besides he's the so endings that does his own bit to camera mm. yeah, yeah and it's he just, and, and he's just this psychotic killer <laughs> and it's incredible like 12 minutes in and he's already speaking about how it's okay to kill a man and it's incredible and that was like why just is it post married with children when a man kills another man on the battlefield heroic. it's called heroic but when yeah, a man but does, does it in a fit of rage in fashion, <laughs> in fashion. It's called murder. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to um to do like some invoicing and admin stuff because I was like I've seen it like Wayne's a hundred times. Yeah, and I just didn't get anything done because yeah, it no. sucks, sucks you in. It's such an totally. enjoyable movie Fuck. on every level. Even though if you like mm. opening scene, you know, hot couple in bed, you automatically want to know what they're watching. Flicking what, through channels. What, I want to go. First of all, were they horny before this? Flicking beans. Are they horny really now? See. Who was the horniest out of Rob Lowe and Schwing? Is it a precursor for Shagged? I'd love to just discuss. Schwing is definitely a precursor to horny, for sure. I like, think so. Schwing leads like, to horny. Mike does is... he say horny in this movie at all? No. no. But no. you know what you know what line I, I thought was in this movie, but it's definitely in Wayne's World 2? Right. He's talking about Cassandra, and he goes, she'd give a dog a bone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, that line that's right. so much. Great line. <laughs> Wait, was it in one or two? I'm starting to get the, where he keeps falling over and can't get up, and then he it's just in, steals uh, that joke in Austin in Powers. Austin Powers. Is yeah. it in this yeah. one? It's in Wayne's World 2. It must be in 2. Yeah. But it's like when he's doing the camera 1, camera 2 thing. That's in Wayne's World 1. No, but it's yeah. that mm. for part 2, oh, for when part he's having an intimate like. That is another thing about Mike. When he makes a comedy sequel, he loves to reuse jokes and reinfuse them with <laughs> new energy, thus keeping them fresh but and not stale he, for any audience members. I think that's good in the, the, the series universe, but he actually took uh, his own joke from Wayne's World 2 and just reused it in this International Man of Mystery. I mean, yes. What do you think about that? I think that's allowed. As we're discussing <laughs> on, this, on this podcast, one of our theories is Mike Myers is one of the very few cinematic examples where the actor is the auteur. So Mike's touch is in all of his films. The Mike's touch, I like to call it. <laughs> that's he touched beautiful. it too much. But the fact remains, he just reused a joke <laughs> he, from a movie. But that's before. what is that like he's frowned got, down upon. He's got these calling cards. It's not frowned down upon. Comedians are allowed to use the same material every night if they have to, especially <laughs> if they're not writing new <laughs> stuff. See, if, Austin, different. if Austin Powers <laughs> said "swing," I'd buy it. But the fact it's kind of like not a big. It's only it's like a C joke. Is why I'm thinking he's like. I hope no one remembers. I think he forgot that he'd already done it. Or maybe two people were too scared to tell him. I can't even mm. remember this. I only know it as him on the shag bed. Oh, you'll know. You'll the notice when it happens. In Austin Powers. You'll, we'll you'll know. know. We'll know when in we a get couple to of weeks. You'll know it. I'd like to ask you guys a sure. little question. Yes, now. I'd love to listen to. Yes, because, you do make me horny, baby. Yeah. Well, that's. I wasn't going to ask if I make you horny. I was going to ask if this movie at any point made you feel horny and if so Sandra's so hot in it especially when she's sweaty she's covered in someone else's beer it's, it's fantastic that, that uh, opening outfit yeah every yeah. outfit she wears she so Tia Carrere made you horny oh, Both um, of fun you. fact she sang every song as well that's her uh, that, that, I, that, that, hell those songs did not make me horny I'll put that out there really? I think they were I thought they were a great addition the, to the film pop metal I liked it those scenes Crucial actually taunt? made oh. me feel horny because <laughs> I think the way Penelope Spiros shoots Tia Carrera is amazing it's the female gaze. It is, but I, finally, Penelope Spheres. <laughs> About has, time. Has, uh, Penelope Spheres has become a director I've come to admire and respect a lot. And was she it what knows, the Little Rascals or Beverly Hillbillies? Oh, uh, I love the Little Rascals as a kid, but now I'm into the decline films. 
Mm. So Penelope Spheres, I think this film... The Kevin Decline films? <laughs> that's another podcast. In and out. The Decline of the Kevin Decline. Decline. Yeah. And we talk just about watch the feed. We are going to be talking about... Yeah, we will. you will see our Kevin Klein podcast come out of Every this. Every ma- male actor who made a movie in the 90s who has a punnable surname. Yeah. We will They're coming for you. A podcast for any... A clean actor. streak. We're going to have... The, the Macaulay call-outs is going to happen one day. <laughs> I got a guy. Yeah. I got a guy. By the way, you guys are probably hearing his chat. I think you guys should say this is rude to eat on podcasts. Yeah, sorry, guys. but this is in brand. Like, this not is kind a, of. It's in brand with the sequel. It's in spirit of the Wayne world. In <laughs> the, the red licorice Garth in in Wayne's World One. I always call them the wrong movies. I know what's Wayne's your World One. He eats the red rope licorice. It is attached to the Mirthmobile, and he can cut them off. With he has a dispenser. Stuff. We yes. are eating uh, red licorice right now. We also had pizza. Um, we are, we don't bow to any corporate sponsor, but we're wearing head to toe Reebok. We forgot to mention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think of? Uh, I, I think the say. worst gag in the movie, where he um, that's a, this is good. We'll do best and worst gags. Best and worst gags. He <laughs> where Garth tries to get um in it like towards the stage in the club, and there's a really big guy who won't let him go past. Oh yeah. So he goes out the back <laughs> and hooks up a very elaborate like cattle prod <laughs> device. And yeah. they and obviously paid back. the rights for the Mission Impossible theme too. I might yeah. have. Like, the original, the original. Four. Yeah. It's, it's a very really long time bit for. Like, I don't think like that could have a payoff. I think it's pretty long. It's a pretty long setup. I think yeah. it and, aged. And, I w- watching mm. that again. I was like, that was three and a half minutes of, <laughs> from punchline from. But, yeah. And then when he does it, it does this like weird, and they don't really do this at any point else in the movie where it speeds up, so he's like. Flinging the, like the cowboy from yeah. one hand to the other and doing these weird little tricks. Well, it had already gone on for three and a half minutes. Yeah. They had to, Penelope was yeah. just like, guys, I got Mike, we want to we want to shorten the scene. Yeah. No amount of female gaze can so that's fix your, this. <laughs> that's your worst scene. What's your favorite gag? Can I speak on this gag first? Sure. I watched this. I watched the director's commentary today, so I feel like I know everything. <laughs> Is this going to be an ongoing segment for the um, all the Myers films? Best and worst gags. Gag on this. Yeah. <laughs> we <could. laughs> we Might we say? Yeah. yeah. It Sorry, is now. I was really horny thinking it about Tia Carrera. That made you horny. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for that. Uh, this is the Lawn Michaels touch, and this is no, another thing the that Lawn like will be coming up in the <laughs> podcast a lot. Is that I now see this movie as a film of four auteurs. I'm talking Mike, Dana, Penelope, and Lorne. You really take a lot of not that much liberty calling someone an auteur, don't well, you? Well, like no, it's... I feel like this is appropriate. So really? why right. don't you back up? I'm very happy to hear. Bite me and back up. <laughs> so I think you kiss your mother with that mouth. <laughs> But in this, uh, this is a bit that Lorne was always like, we can have like a little bit of violence, but we need to show that everyone's okay. And it mm-hmm. needs to be, there can't be any negativity to the violence. So that's like why uh, when Lara Flynn Boyle falls through the window, she gets up like she's okay. When Oops. she hits the car, she gets up like she's okay. She's beautiful. Because we can't this. show any anything upsetting in this movie. Sure, okay. Because some young kid's going to see it one day. Some young guy. Cream <laughs> <laughs> of some young guy. What's your favourite gag? What's your best I, 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 I want to do all everyone's least favourite. I, okay. I can't think of a Trust good me, one. You, go you guys go first. Worst gag. Because <laughs> it's like saying what I hate about my mother. There are yeah. things. I'll tell I you my know. least favourite gag. I'll goodness. be happily to tell you what I hate about my mother, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong podcast. About I'm happy to also speak on Lexi's mother. No, I am. Least favourite gag is the one that ends the film, which is the fished in gag. Yeah, which is something from SNL. I didn't. Get I was going to say that was one of their catchphrases. It's, on a, SNL. it's an SNL catchphrase, but it didn't live on. It's and it means like they're tricking you. Like yeah, it's like because that was in the trailer as well. The it Adam's is, yeah. Family trailer where they're I sitting in the graveyard too. clicking, yeah. and then they're like, 
fish chin. Yeah, I found yeah. it weird that they kept that punchline. It's a it's a gag that it's a joke that no one quotes. Like it hasn't had any mm. life. No one said people still say party on and shit. Totally. And excellent, but no one says fished in and does the gills thing. I just think it was a. I never liked it, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm yeah, sorry. see, I, I don't even remember that happening. So yeah, I, I, I must hate it that much that I refuse to admit <laughs> that it exists. What didn't work for me this time that I used to love as a young and watching this was um, the multiple endings. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. To me, it kind of just like it just. I mean, it's very ballsy and it pays off a lot of gags that started out the movie. Yeah. I think it was brave and bold of them as authors to take this chance in cinema to do something crazy and different. But it didn't work because I You now, want an ending. I'm obsessed with exactly. story. I, yeah. want, I, want, I want just closure on things. I don't want to fuck around at the end. I want to tie up those ends and then we can fuck around in the credits. Maybe some bloopers. Maybe you guys want to chat about the credits. That's funny. Mm. No, I, you, I was going to say yours, but you've mm. already said it. But I, I just remember my, my my next favorite, least favorite. It just seems so... It's more naked gun I found than Wayne's when he mm. opens up the door and he's like, I just always wanted to see people training. Like, they're training. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, no payoff. Shit. It's very yeah. off-brand for the movie, I find. It is off-brand. Yeah, it's a bit odd because the movie has some gentle surrealness, <laughs> but it is it does feel quite Like, grand. it's like a Hermione's bag thing. Like, yeah. a tiny restaurant they opened up and it's an entire warehouse of men training. And I was like, oh, it's kind of funny, but it's also like... Not that funny it's and very off-brand. Mm. It's a real diversion. Yeah. Because I think what Penelope Spheris brings to this movie is a real grounded sense of reality because she is someone that's lived in this metalhead sure. culture and like is a strong proponent of it. She is. Uh, she was someone that was asked to direct Spinal Tap but said no because she didn't want to make fun of metal yeah. She said, no, I'm going to do the Little Rascals and Beverly Hills. <laughs> Get fucked. I've got so. no problem making fun of kids with weird parts. <laughs> or people from the South. <laughs> yeah. so Idiots with money. She, so I feel like this is like a, the most surreal moment in the movie. Yeah. I, get you. I think that's kind of the stuff I didn't like it as much this time was when it got super surreal. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on the credits. Like the, the I like the gagginess of it. Yeah. But oh, I, the, uh, the endings. The endings. Sorry. Endings, yeah. Sorry. The endings. Multiple endings. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah. My, my wife was uh, was sorry. My wife was watching. Um, <laughs> was kind of half watching it with me and half doing other stuff while I was watching. And then she came back and she was like, "Oh yeah, how do, how does it end again? Do they get the show back?" And I was like, mm. "Kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who knows? Because even the happy ending, which is the canon ending, I mm, guess yeah. in some spheres." Oh man, we're getting some like Legend of Zelda and how there's the dark timelines. Yes, go- there are multiple timelines. But I mean, it's either it's a lame ending because everyone learns a lesson and stares down the barrel of the camera. It, it is hokey and funny, but it also reminds me of like the last Samurai. before the credits roll on SNL and everyone's standing around yeah. and laughing yeah, with right. arms around each that's other. That's probably another lawn. Yeah, it's, that's lawn. But it's, I just I, lawn I would like some finite. <laughs> Though, as you know, if we watch Wayne's World 2, you know, life goes on and we do see where yeah. these characters end well, up. Well, yeah, and, and they do the same thing in Wayne's World 2 with the ending. Sorry to spoil your Wayne's World 2 There's episode. three endings. Brutal. Yeah, but, and, and that has the best ending of all of them, which is just the Thelma and Louise ripoff. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was going to be in this one as well, but they do the Scooby one. Scooby, well. I love, I prefer Scooby's Scooby great. to You're the Thelma You're a big Scooby-Doo fan. Huge Scooby-Doo fan. Levens, you what do you think of Scooby. Dana's shaggy impression? Not very good. Not very good. Pretty oh no, he does Scooby. No, he does Scooby. He's Scooby. Yeah. Still not oh, very good. Rice Yeah, I didn't like it. What did you think about the old man? Now he actually, I think he looks just like out of the comics. Yeah, it's great. He does. He's he does. Yeah. Yeah. seen the wedding singer as well, I think. Fantastic. We've got to do well, a look, podcast. That's, this We've isn't the Sandman. This isn't. This isn't. It's a Sandman. 
<laughs> you can hang out for that one though. From parody albums to Netflix exclusives. <laughs> Holy So moly. what's um what's the what's everyone's favorite mic gag in this? No. Oh no, it doesn't have to Mike be Mike. Doesn't have to all be All of my favorite gags. Just your favorite gag. The Garth gags. Sure, just what's your one gag yeah. that comes to mind. I reckon it could be anybody. Yeah, anybody. Uh, okay. Um I, I I love the um the part where he drops a pen so he can talk to the, okay. the camera. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. really pointless. I, I think I think I just love how endearing all his moments are where they're not there are very few like laugh out loud Garth bits and the ones yeah. that I don't like as much. I like the ones where it's just like this is really strange moment that happens and it just makes you like the character more. You know, he ad-libbed all those Twilight scene scenarios because none of them are real episodes. <laughs> oh, That's great. Like that a cool they sound episode. legit episodes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I read that today. Then none of them are at Pretty all cool, real. Pretty cool, huh? Although I do like I the uh, I like the uh, <laughs> the foxy lady. Uh, yeah, bit yeah. as well. It was really good. Yeah, very cool. That well, fantasy he's, surrealism he's like, works. Like that suits it. Unlike the ninja. There's training so shit. many actual Mike Myers gags I love in this movie. But my favorite moment, and I don't even know if it's really a gag, but it's my favorite moment in the film, is Ga- uh, Garth asking Wayne, "Did you ever find yes, Bugs Bunny?" That was my. That was gonna be my. <laughs> I get that was ad libbed. Yeah, I love. I love that it's ad libbed, and I love uh, Mike's. Genuine. genuine laugh yeah he's like, no. where he just bursts out laughing and then answers it like to me that is just two best friends mm. yeah. and i love that so much me that whole makes scene me so happy. is so beautiful with them on the hood of the car and garth whistling the star trek theme yeah. song yeah. so beautifully i that's a great moment. i have a nice romantic uh memory of that scene because it sounds weird but my dad grew up in tempe uh in yeah, around that area. And he said yeah. he used to drive to the airport, him and his friends as teens, and like lay on their cars and chat while planes flew over them. And wow. He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I used to do that. And really? I was like, yeah, yeah. That was a thing. Yeah, he lived, no, no, <sighs> Tebby, like near San Susie and stuff yeah. like that area, and the planes would fly wow. over him. He'd do that. And he's like, oh, yeah, I get that. So you have your own like, connection oh. to it. And that was a Penelope Spheres touch. She, mm-hmm. she chose that against Mike to put in his genuine laugh. He didn't want that. Yeah, and I heard they shot that on the last day of uh, production, yeah. right? And then Garth went in character, still in costume. Dana Carvey went straight into a limo to the airport and then straight back to Saturday Night Live. (sighs) Like a real professional. Tight scheduling. And and, and, and then he had a long career after that moment. Yes, we all know him from the Master of Disguise franchise. (laughs) (laughs) It needs to have a sequel to be called a franchise. We we actually are in the, the happy timeline. When Master of Disguise had seven films. But of oh, course, no, I, I, actually, I donated uh, his Kickstarter to make a second one. This isn't the Carving It Up podcast. Obviously, we'll be yes. getting to that. <laughs> That's <laughs> where we carve out. We find out the part of Hollywood that Dana Carvey carved out for himself. It's very small, but you're going to find it <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. They're only five-minute episodes, that podcast. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to go with four seasons in one day now. <laughs> That's wow. better. I That's like better. that That's more. That's if we're in New Zealand. That is the, the, the 24-hour podcast where we talk about all four Dana Carvey movies. <laughs> um, my favorite, the part that I laughed the most at, there was a lot of Mikey eggs I liked a lot. Mm. The part that I actually genuinely like cracked up at was uh, during the taping of the Wayne's World sellout TV show, mm. where um, one of their crew guys is flirting with Noah's <laughs> oh, yeah. wife. Yeah, right. Do you want me to scare you? I loved that. But then the payoff for me is when they're, when they're leaving, they're like, oh, might I say this? And then he drops out of Noah's like, might I say, your wife's a babe. And that <laughs> made me laugh so much. Because <laughs> I didn't remember that at all. And it took me out of nowhere. And I thought it was so funny. All the crew Bill Murray's brother, isn't it? One gags. of the Murrays. Yeah, Brian Doyle. Doyle Murray. That is, if I could play... SNL alum. If I could play any character in this movie, I would love to play... Noah? Like Brian Doyle Murray's character. Noah um, Vander. What's his name? Noah Vanderhoff. Then he could also yeah. be Punxsutawney Phil's owner. Yes, yeah. the mayor of 
Groundhog sure. Town. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of the mayor of Hogville. Hogville. Hogs are tawny. Hogs are that, 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 like, the, the big sellout. Um, that's I reckon that's the peak of the movie. The, the, it's so good. That's the drama. Everything going wrong. Mm, and, yeah. But there's so many incredible gags in it. Especially, like, when they... They hear the shitty sellout rock version oh, yeah. of their thing. I song. prefer that version of the <laughs> I think that says who I am. It's like I'm a very cute, unoffensive guy. Oh, and when I think that. about, like, Cameron suggested that we do a Wayne's World uh, theme song for this. And that's what I pictured in my head was like, it's Wayne's World. It's Wayne's World. I love it. I really, that song. I, want I can't believe you don't like the original. I love the original, but I think of that one as a theme song. I never think about the guitar. That's because you're corporate, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm corny. Did you guys corporate. notice this? Like for the first time watching this as an adult, someone who has like a tax file number, <laughs> etc. Which also the moment I got Speak a tax file number, I, yeah. Sorry. I, <laughs> what I, is I, that tax file number? I actually. Well, I'm going to read it out really slowly. 14. I'm going to wait for you guys to get your pants. <laughs> I live off the grids. <laughs> Just fine. I, was, I was paying more attention this time to the showbiz side of things and like the selling out. Like yeah. as a kid, I didn't really understand the difference between doing a show in a studio and a show mm. in a basement. But this time, I was like hugely invested in the story. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, don't do it, guys. Especially like, <laughs> Garth's reaction to it. I think that's my favorite Garth moment is when Chokes after the thing. well after the after the big stupid song plays and then um, Wayne goes like party on Garth and he goes like yes. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or he's yeah, like, it nah. is Wayne's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said that thing about uh, that crew member and he's one of your favourite gags in this movie because they all get pretty good gags. Like, the whole mm. crew, they all get pretty good gags. I love like, you, man. That one is, that's like all time. Yeah. I think that's a great... At the end, Russell's arc. like... Yeah. It's such and a I understand Russell, the love yeah. between... Platonic <laughs> love between... Russell and Terry? Is that Yeah. Them? Yeah. yeah. Terry, Just say I love you. <laughs> I think that gag with Terry and the I love you, man is such a perfect skewering of like the like uber masculinity of like those metal heads back in the day because it's yeah. what they're all acting like but also the well. femininity of like the long hair the yeah. blow dried hair like it's this fine line by <laughs> economy that they stretch he gives a great it's a great performance when he first tells Russell I love you and Russell's like yeah I know and he just kind of like pauses and goes no <laughs> you don't man <laughs> I just love it Russell's so great sincere. as well I Who love is Russell that actor? he was in That's know. My Bush he plays Carl Rove oh in, fuck uh, the, yeah in That's My Bush that's it's the only other time Who I've seen him the guy Russell, Russell. oh yeah. yeah yeah he's funny yeah. Just he's great. I love, I love that. It's, this is my favorite guy. But when Garth does like the whole torch takedown like a gun, and he's like, "Benjamin's nobody's friend." It's like Benjamin's my friend. I love that scene so much, just because it's ridiculous. His favorite ice cream flavor <laughs> would be praline, praline and, and dick. dick. <laughs> oh, if he were an ice cream flavor, yeah, praline and dick. Can I um, can I play the gag game? Yes, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boring, but you guys already said a bunch of ones that I like. But I think the one that sticks with me the most, and this is funny because we I spoke about Good. it with you two weeks ago. <laughs> Again, it's a Garth one. Oh yeah, uh, it had to toe Reebok and just that delivery of um, it's like people only do things because they're getting paid. And that's, that's just sad. sad. <laughs> that's just that whole scene is obviously genius. That's like mm. it's probably the strongest, most quotable it's scene. So in the, funny, from the movie besides the Queen bit. Yeah, yeah. It's and, I, and the subtitle gag I thought was kind of funny too, like a different medium, like oh, using yeah, yeah. text and then yeah. don't wanting to. That's <laughs> their sweetest scene together too, yeah. Wayne yeah. and Cassandra. It works so well, and that's kind of like a staple of uh, Mike Myers is creating like sentimentality through like some. Ob- 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Absurd bit. And yeah. I think with that, what it is doing as well, because they're talking about like the genuine lack of self-esteem that Stacy, his ex-girlfriend, has. Mm. And because they're kind of talking about her in front of us in a different language, it's like we're being let in on a little secret as well. And it kind of builds us a little bit more closeness with those characters yeah. as well that's and another dimension to relationship. Although the, the subtitle gag is stolen from a Bugs Bunny cartoon from like the 30s. Really? Is it really? Well, yeah. I don't think it's counting a stealing of <laughs> its 70 years Isn't that outside the of uh, the 50-year <laughs> statute yeah. of limitations? Yes. I'm glad you guys brought that scene up because I want to talk about what type of movie this is. Now, obviously, it's a comedy but I think there's obviously. two or three. Obviously, it's a comedy. We obviously, know. I know comedy. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a comedian. <laughs> but there are a few different genres going on yeah. in this film. There's a buddy movie with him and Dana. Mm. There's a rom com with him and uh, Cassandra. So it's a bit of a musical. I mean, there's the whole Bohemian Rhapsody, sure. all the gigs they go to, like music. And all the songs that she sings as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's pretty music. And there's heavy. also this, like, also 80s. Kind of... It's kind of like one of those 80s, like, corporate America overtaking the little guy. It was post Wall of... Street yeah. crash. Yeah, tropes. Early 90s hangover. Great like, companion dudes. piece to falling down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it actually is now that you think about it. It's all about the man. It's about the man. What? How do all these stories play for you guys? Like, what's. What do you think is the most engaging storyline? I think for the friendship with watch? Wayne and Garth, for me personally, I get yeah. heartbroken every time they actually fight. Like mm. that bit kills me. When yeah. I mean, it's fine when he fights with Benjamin. It's even fine with Cassandra. But when those two start fighting, I'm like, oh, I'm like almost slightly in tears. Although it's like Wayne is the worst he is in the movie when he's fighting with Cassandra. Do you mean as an actor? Or well, as maybe a he's poking you. Like it's like yeah. He's, he's yeah. Just so you can see why he's going. They sort of go crazy. Everyone's turning their back on him. Like, I, I like that you call it a rom com because uh, one of the tropes of the rom com is like the losing the girl. What's it, is that? What it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy loses, loses girl. Boy loses yeah. girl. But the boy loses girl in this movie for me is more that scene where. Garth and Wayne have the fight. That is the losing up. the girl. Yeah, that hates like that's got a real emotional kick to it. Yeah, and then the, but that only lasts for one minute. The next scene is them getting at the donut. Getting so that just together. shows that you know bros hey. will be bros. I think that in my mind <laughs> I that I thought it was like 
so much longer. I thought there was a part of the movie. Yeah, that, well, that's because there's so many plots going on in this movie. Because I, I obviously grew up. Obviously, I obviously grew up, <laughs> had a childhood. I grew obviously. up as with my a own young cable man. show. Obviously, I have friends. Um, and I loved the da- the uh, Garth and Wayne story a lot growing up. But because I've been watching so many rom coms lately, and I've been really getting into that genre and trying to figure out why I like them. Yeah. Um, I've connected heaps to that. The stuff with Cassandra and Wayne in this movie. I loved how sweet it was. I loved their relationship. One of my favorite scenes is that camera one, camera two scene. That's really nice. So mucking around on the bed and she's on the phone and he's just fucking around in a room trying fucking to make a mummy laugh. in the corner or something, yeah. which is, is great. Like, first of all, her house is sick. She's what got a, a sick fucking mummy. Oh, sorry, I read it was a real house. You know, usually it's a studio a house. It actually it was across the road from Gasworks, the, the venue. Yeah. They found a loft apartment and shot it as a real apartment, which I think is like oh. pretty rare. That's why mm. it feels real. It does real. feel real. real. That whole scene uh, does it for me because it's just like the shit that you do early in a relationship where yeah. you're just trying to make the Having person laugh. Around. Even though he's like, who's Anthony? Like even the jealous yeah. like thing. But he's trying to play it off as a joke. Yeah. Man, that actually deep the scene. That made me horny. Really? That, me <laughs> too. Was it because his it, underwear was up his asshole? <laughs> Mike, Mike was what made me horny in this scene. Shwing. Because he gave me, the, he gave me a showing. And it was because I liked his butt. His butt was so cute. I was watching the audio commentary. And Penelope Spears goes, God, do you think Mike's butt is still that cute? Wow. And I... But do you know what makes me a little bit horny? Yeah. Is when he puts on her bra and does the Marilyn... A perfect Marilyn very, Monroe Very, very horny baby. Perfect Marilyn Monroe impression. That makes me a little bit turgid. Also, I think Cassandra's really awesome character. And watching back, I was th- expecting to see some, like, pretty shitty treatment mm. of... I'm just sorry, I'm going to get my fedora out while I say this. <laughs> I'd love uh, you But too. I like the way she's like, no, come and see my next show. Never gives him the number and is like, well, there's flyers there. Like, I'm a musician. Come and yeah. watch me perform. Yeah. Like, I like that. She was always, even to Benjamin, she's like, well, come to the next show. Yeah, she's like, a great character. Never just like, oh, here's my number. It was always, no, come watch my band play. And so cool. perfectly played by her. Like, there's so much yeah. charisma and strength. I still prefer her on Relic Hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a big Relic Hunter. I love obviously. Relic Hunter. I love her on Curb. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, but that scene also made me horny, baby. And I, I'll tell you why, baby. Because yes, baby. In the those camera one, camera two shots, where she's looking up at her boyfriend, and in the shots where her boyfriend, we yeah. are Wayne wow. looking down at her, and she, her and smile is gonna... so genuine, and I, yeah. I love a smile. I fall in love at a smile. When Levin smiles at me, like I fall in love. But Truscott, you don't smile at me that much. Yeah, well, you never, you know, lean on top of me and say camera one, camera that's two, true. as can much we, as you used that's, to. That's, that's how I greeted camera at the door today. <laughs> but in your little lizard mammalian brain, you're thinking, I'm about to get some. Maybe it's... It's I very disarming, isn't it? You're right. Her. I think it's a great... I was thinking, I'm going to be with her. Forever. For forever. A few minutes. I just like, it's yeah. sweet, like, Wayne learning her language in the, in the, in the, in the car shop. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, Man, I just so you know that Mike movie. already knew how to speak Cantonese, and that's why I put it in the movie. What about that's such a Mike no- movie? Although that was his hardest day on set. Triple I'd say Cantonese that's the Mikeest touch of this film. <laughs> that's the Mikeest touch, and he touched Dropped it the mic. not t- too much. Did just you guys uh, hear about the Margarine Gate? No. Uh, so apparently, first one of the first days on set, Mike screamed at Penelope and had a meltdown because there was no bu- margarine; there was only butter. At the craft services. One of his most famous characters loves butter. Maybe that was his way of dealing with it. Linda Richmond loves butter. Maybe that was one of his. Anything that's good, she says, is like butter. 
I've been reading a lot lately. Congratulations. Um, obviously, I'm a big reader. Are you reader. doing the Premier's Reading Challenge? I'm on the Scholastic Book Club. Are you doing the MS Reading MS over here. <laughs> I'm doing um, the MRA uh, Reading Challenge. <laughs> I'm only reading Lolita. <laughs> Um, um, I've been reading a lot about Mike I want to find out These these rumours about him being difficult Mm. Were news to me I only really heard about them when he was on WTF Mm. I didn't know that was a thing That people said about him Now how's it brought up in WTF Because I haven't I can't Uh, remember First thing happens Lock the gates (laughs) Are we really doing this Does Mike bring them up though I mean or is it Mark Maron Does does Mike Um, lock the gates Okay first uh, First it's lock the gates Then are we doing this really Then how I shit my pants. WTF. <laughs> WTF. Anyway, um, I can't remember who brings it up. I think, I assume Mark brought it up. Yeah, well. But Mike says something to the effect of, I'm, you know, I'm a creator, so I'm involved on more than just acting level. Like I write, produce, act, and I'm in charge of, I want to be involved in marketing, blah, blah, mm. blah. He just basically said, I'm a control freak, deal with it. Um, I've read a lot of stories about him on this film. It was his first film, and allegedly he clashed with Penelope right out of the gate and pretty much almost refused to work with her unless they did things exactly his way. But yeah. like you said, Alexi, there mm. were three other voices on set that were also contributing yes. as Lorne, well. So, Lorne and Dana. So Yeah, so Lorne and Dana and Penelope, they, I think... The way that now, the way that I kind of understand it now is now that they've all older and they've kind of like they've buried, they've all buried the hatchet. What it sounds like to me now is that it was just a difficult collaboration because they're all very strong voices. These four or twos like working together, and I think there was a bit of a clash. And the way that Penelope would get around that, I think she's a really clever director, is that she would just film everything each way. She would film everyone's scene each way. Uh, like th- three different, three or four different ways, and then in the editing room, she would have control of what would make it. The main it. Uh, no wonder she got used to directing children. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but, and That's it, what I call a sticky situation. Now, did you know that Mike was not into the Bohemian Rhapsody scene? Ugh. No, he is it the other way? Not he like wanted it. Bohemian Rhapsody. He had to fight he, for he it. Wanted he wanted Bohemian Rhapsody as a song. He had a whole other thing in mind for it. They were going to be driving around to- and doing the operetta part but kind of acting out mm. different acting out the song with like Phil, the drunk guy on the back seat. Like he was going to be the little silhouette of a man who they're trying to like let out of the car before he spews. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have time. There's a think. little, little touch. There's a little bit of it. Let me but go. Uh, I think Penelope wanted them to do the headbanging thing. And yeah. Mike Guns just and didn't Roses like it. as well. They wanted to use Guns That's and Roses. That's true. I think they were Penel- very popular yeah. and using that Queen song was I was reading it. It was like considered too much of a throwback. So it was such a yeah. retro song, even by that point. And yeah, Mike like, forked for that, but he didn't like the headbanging scene. That was all Penelope's idea, and it took them, I believe, four hours to shoot, and they were all like injured, all basically. Like, they're they're not whiplash. They're, they're playing like twenty-two-year-old men, but they're like they're like thirty. Dana Carvey was thirty-six <laughs> during the scene. And they, their necks couldn't handle that. Well, it's like the most iconic it. scene now. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, that song is syn- synonymous now with, you know, with AIDS headbanging. and yeah. headbanging. I think it, it works. It has to have been that way. And Penelope's insight served right in this case because that's one of the th- early scenes that grounds the movie in this culture and makes it feel not that it's mocking the culture from the outside, but it's like a fun, satirical take on this headbanger, metalhead culture from the inside, from a place of love. 
and that's where Mike yeah. shines the most is when his comedy is coming from a place of love, not negativity. And if you watch this scene, you can see that uh, Mike is truly in pain during this scene. Yeah, I, he's barely in pain. A lot of people, can't, I've noticed, I read, and it said, play, pay close attention, and I did that. Both Dana and um, Mike have a lot of trouble turning. It's almost like as if they're wearing the old Batman suits where you have to yeah. turn the torso to move. And so very seldom in the film do they turn their heads. Oh, brutal. Terry is the only guy who apparently was a headbanger. And if you watch the scene, you can tell. he's going yeah, he for it. He's doing like yeah. the, yeah. the, yeah. Like he's doing the twirl thing. Yeah. Um, I also got to say, I, what's interesting about this film, it was, it was my first ever exposure to SNL. I mean, I was seven at the time. I had mm. you know, There was mm. no way to really... There's no way to watch SNL here. Yeah, I mean, as far as like the legacy of SNL, I mean, we, I, it was years from that point until I actually saw an episode of SNL. Mm. But I definitely spent every other weekend um, at a sleepover or you know having people over and and, uh, and and renting an SNL comedy or a comedy that starred SNL characters, like from '94 to <laughs> you know late '90s for sure. Like, have you guys seen like It's Pat? Which is like oh, ever seen yeah. I love that movie when I was a kid, and I, I, apparently it's the worst. But I have yeah. who is it? Nothing but fond memories. Of it. It's um. <laughs> have you guys got any other SNL movies that that you're fond of? Um, I love it? Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blues, Blues Brothers, Brothers two thousand head over here. <laughs> you love Blues Brothers two thousand. I mean, there's nothing funnier than putting a kid in an adult suit. Yeah. I'm just like in stitches. Like <laughs> he a, thinks he's one of the Blues Brothers, but he's just a kid. What does he know? It's so weird. As a it's kid, so funny. I love Coneheads. Coneheads. Sure, but I've yeah. never seen it. None either. <laughs> and, I used uh, to always when, when um remember the we, condom joke the bubble gum yeah yeah, yeah that's a good gag when everyone was really bag. angry about um <laughs> them remaking Ghostbusters with female right. Ghostbusters yeah I would comment what's next a black coneheads <laughs> yeah. probably is though uh, I think it's actually probably right that for, could be cool I would yeah. love Aussie coneheads and it's just it's people just people chuffing I love coneheads <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Wayne's That's World great. to take it back to the movie that, that we're here to talk about definitely kicked off. Like that, there is that that awesome character led um, '90s comedy. Mm. Of, obviously, like you know Jim Carrey was doing it as well. Even Adam Sandler, you could say, yeah. you know, wouldn't have been doing his movies without Wayne's World. Yeah, um, I'd say you're right. Well, this was the first hit, really. It was the biggest, uh, highest grossing. It still is. To still this is day, highest grossing. Still higher grossing the Blues Brothers. Which I guess Blues Brothers must have been the first hit. What about hit. Blues Brothers 2000? Well, that's kind of like did, it made $2,000. 2000 you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's the, film, the film was named after the net gross. <laughs> it, it, was, it was made for $2,000 and it made $2,000. <laughs> You can actually now drink the film. It's the uh, Skull uh, Vodka Company. That it all, uh, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. a tax They dodge. liquefied yeah, the, the original film stuff. You can't get There's no <laughs> negatives. You can just drink it. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely did like kick off that like wave of 90s movies, that cluster of like um, that sentimental but yet broad comedy. But I think did it well. Like, sure. broad, it's an expensive looking movie and I think the ones that followed afterwards, uh, like everything about this just seems like it's mm. the best... Of its type, the the acting's great, the script's yeah. great, it looks great, and it's sweet. Like I also think that's what's it's yeah. not never acerbic, and it's never um it's it, it's never sarcastic. Only mm. when well, someone's being mean, yeah, it's, being it's sarcastic. sweet, but it is kind of sarcastic to people. You know, the whole they like, say yeah. the characters not. are sarcastic. <laughs> oh, but I mean, not in a mean uh, way. It's kind of just like okay. being. <clears throat> what about we haven't even brought her up once in the podcast yet? <clears throat> Wayne's ex girlfriend. Stacy, right. Stacy, based off a real, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> well, based off a re- based off a real ex girlfriend who bought him a gun rack because 
This was really he that's was, great. That that's bit. a great game. But it's like yeah. Well, he apologized after the movie came out and called her and said, "I'm sorry about how I, her name was Stacy as well." Like oh, this was Mike putting his mic. Yeah. Okay, so this is the Mike's touch. <laughs> this is the Mike's <laughs> touch. Real. Apparently, he was so concentrative on his comedy, he ignored her for a long time, and so she bought him a gun rack as a gift because she never got his jokes and thought it'd be kind of funny. Mm. And it actually is pretty funny as like yeah. a, but he didn't see that because mm. he was too busy, you know, being Mike Myers and broke up with her, etc. Ma- made this whole character about her, like all this horrible, horrible, mm. like feelings he had Gosh, into this wow. character. She was portrayed on screen. She saw it and was horrified and got in touch with him and was like, you know, that was a joke when I bought you that gun rack. Wow. And he's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Also, and my then, name's not Stacy. That was a joke too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this true? Where'd you read this? Uh, I did a lot. I dug deep. That's great. I love that. That actually makes me sad, but it's also a little insight into the guy. He was young as well, though. He's focused. He's just a focused guy. But also, that's hard on your sleeve. Like that's yeah. That's like you know, that's a difficult breakup album with characters. Like, do you actually think it's um, it's a bit unfair in the way they treat the character? Like, I I I still laughed, but. Yeah, I felt bad. Just that the I was crazy ex girlfriend. Oh man, we've yeah, had, yeah, yeah. if you've got a crazy ex girlfriend, like you're pretty sympathetic to Wayne in that scene. Like you can just have a crazy ex boyfriend be as mental as well. It just happens that yeah, but she also falls through a window and then rides into a car mm. while wearing a neck brace. Yeah, it's I guess physical it's, gags. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's the funny part. But riding I, into a car is really funny. I, I that, still that's, think a, it's funny. that's a great like, gag. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an interchangeable. I'm not bringing role. these things up to uh, to, to make us feel bad. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing us up to to make yeah. us laugh. I think Lara <laughs> Lynn Boyle is uh, gorgeous. Wasn't she even more difficult to work with yeah. than Mike Myers? Like probably why the only other person in this film who's notoriously mm. very bad to work with. Well, I uh, yeah, she used to bang Jack. Can't hate on her for that. Yeah, wow. Jack, Jack who? Nick, Jack Nicholson, Nicholson. The, the Jack, the Nickster. Yeah. yeah. You'll hear about it on another podcast. She's put Jack on his it's back. It's called You Don't Know Jack. <laughs> it's about you not knowing who we're talking wow. about. It's just for you. <laughs> um, but I think the only reason I can kind of, I feel like it gets away with that because I do see that that is nowadays it's a very tired trope, the crazy ex-girlfriend. There's more than one side to every story. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear her side. Maybe she'll make it on Stacey's the world. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a Stacey's world spin-off. She, I think her performance is perfect. Yeah, and that's why I like that character a lot. Definitely, because yeah. so this she brings a lot of humanity and sadness to it that oh. I think is great, and it's sadness you can laugh at. It invites you to laugh at it, like just her when she like there's a, when she goes to bring him the gun rack. She has like this tiny little trip, and that gives so much humanity to that character and shows that she's a bit klutzy and also goofy. Wayne's conversation yeah. with Cassandra if that didn't happen where he speaks about his treatment of her mm, yeah. adding to her self esteem, I think would make it oh. worse. But it's almost like that's a save. But also it yeah, shows that he knows that why, he's created this monster. It's like a Frankenstein. I just monster. realized why I find it really problematic. They why? call her mental. Like yeah, they things. do. <laughs> he calls her a psycho hose beast. It's very dibble. I mean, <laughs> in Cantonese. Yeah. yeah. Psycho the, hose beast. That's funny. Yeah, but he does call her mental. I get. I don't know. I think it's funny. It's supposed to be. Well, I, like I said before we recorded this, when we were speaking about Bill and Ted, I'm like, they call each other a fag in it when they, <laughs> yeah. when they yeah. catch each other hugging each other too long. Yeah. That's it, was, it was a very different time. It's it not was, good it now. Very bad now. Very bad now. But at the time, like, you know, AIDS was scary. Yeah. Was... But I guess that's a kind of thing that I was talking about that they're mocking when with Terry saying, I love you, man. No, you don't get it. Yeah. I love you, man. Because that, that is the the dirty metalhead culture where it was like it started out in that glam rock kind of yeah. thing where it is very like 
uh, flamboyant and, and flamboyant and ambiguous sexuality to turning in on it and just being sounds very like you're gonna macho. have fun doing Studio Fifty Four, very macho and stuff <laughs> where they're like sh- where homosexuality is like disgusting to them. Mm. So I like that they give a little zing to that. And I think uh, to if you ever are on the fence about who's better, Wayne or Garth, mm. just their reactions to being told. That he that they that he loves them. Yeah, like Wayne's like, oh, like you know, I think he wants to talk to you, Garth. And Garth just goes, "Thank you." Yeah, it's yes. so yes. sweet. Yeah, and then starts. So yeah, Garth is the, yeah, Garth is the soul of this film. Definitely, yeah. he's such a yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no Garth without Wayne. Without yeah, without what, what is it? And as always, Garth. Yep. <laughs> What's the guy say? No, you're the, the host. And with him oh, always yeah. is Garth. And with him as always is Garth. <laughs> party on Wayne, party on Garth. Wayne's world. What do you think of um, Cassandra's choice of songs, of the covers? They're cool. Warren Blitz. Blitz. Warren Blitz is great. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Cool Mr. Big, great ponytail too. Yeah. I always love Mr. Big's ponytail at the Why end. Why you're very beautiful. Mr. Sharp. I don't think they're right for you this time. <laughs> He's everything. in Goodfellas. He plays Paulie's brother in Goodfellas, Tuddy. Uh, oh, wow, yeah. I like uh, the soundtrack for this film. We we're talking about it off mic, Myers. But um, <laughs> I really like that random Chili Peppers song say, that's in the middle of it. Sick and when he's driving by himself and everything's going Millhouse for Wayne. And it's like when he's got the cool CD player, which Cassandra brags about, which is a very nice touch. That that's really cool. With that Chili Pepper song is actually yeah. sick. It has that uh, when when you first meet his ex girlfriend. Um, it has that Ugly Kid Joe song I Hate, yes. I hate Everything About You playing oh, in the background yeah. Yeah. Real 90s kids will remember Man. this one The soundtrack's pretty awesome I think Mike's got good taste in music I think everyone involved Penelope has great taste in music as well mm. And it kind of I, Most of Mike's movies have great music in them Yeah They've all got perfect soundtracks Smash Mouth um, I guess <laughs> All Star is an undisputed classic <laughs> It is an undisputed classic Madonna's and Beautiful Stranger. But again, yeah. much like oh. using the falling over joke, she fell in love with the Beautiful Stranger. <laughs> My, yeah. Do you know Madonna? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Madonna was Mike Myers' first on-screen kiss. Really? In a Wayne's World. Yeah, we t- we time. talked about it uh, in the SNL episode. Swing. It's a real make out. They fully make out. Yeah. Wow, it's beautiful. It made it actually made me horny. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Because she is beautiful. He yeah. and Cassandra don't actually make out for reals in this no, movie. Maybe in the last the scene, the happy a, ending. Do they do a quick they just kiss? Do a it's a quick kiss. Yeah, they have right. a gratuitous sex scene. That I might think be locking lips. Cool. I think that's classy. Excellent. Yeah. I think it's a classy move to it just is. not make out with your co-lead. I mean, yeah. I would never do it. I would always go tongue first. That's my wow. character trait. I lead with my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gives birth to a lot of baby tongues yeah. inside their pussy. <laughs> That's cool, I think, actually. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're probably going to wrap this up soon. I would love to just talk about Penelope Spheris before we yeah, wrap up. Yeah, please. Because she has become a director I've become to greatly admire a lot in the last few months. Uh, she lived the most fucking rock and roll lifestyle I've ever heard. Her- yeah, Alfalfa was crazy to yeah. deal with. <laughs> As a filmmaker, she's made um, lots of fun comedies after Wayne's World. Like what are some of them? The Little Rascals. <laughs> she made the Beverly Hillbillies. So fun. And, Just- you know, they're so not great movies. Back on with- but before that, she made... Um, she made her mark on the scene directing Decline uh, of Western Civilization, which is a great documentary about the uh, the decline of the punk scene in uh, Los Angeles in the early 1980s. Is it a trilogy? 
Yes, you may decline to the metal years, which has people like Alice Cooper and Kiss. That's the, the one where Kevin Klein's in a band, right? <laughs> <laughs> it unfortunately is not. Mm. Um, but it's and that's like more about the metal years in Los Angeles. And this was a scene that she was really involved with. And her childhood was like crazy. Her her dad was a strong man in a circus, well, and oh, that's he. Right. He died when she was like only like four years old. Because he was shot, right? He was shot. He was there. Uh, they were in a southern town, and um, uh, an old white man hit a black guy with his cane because he thought he was cutting in line. And then he told he stood up for him and pushed him away. And then like later, the guy came back and killed him. Oh. And so her mum just That's had insane. lots of diff- she had lots of different stepfathers growing up when they moved to Los Angeles. And then she she went to UCLA Film School. And then from there, she started. She became friends with Lorne Michaels, and then she was the person who directed the very original version of the SNL digital short with Albert Brooks. Oh, that's all the right. Short I films. did know that. So yeah. she was directing those. And uh, another weird thing I found out about her was she is cousins with one of the great directors of all time, Costa Gavras, who is a Greek French filmmaker who made like some of the greatest like political thrillers in history like the little rascals such as the little rascals <laughs> but the but um the Wayne's World is like the movie that she was born to make because it has like this great cross section of her career making like these the smaller side, comedies right? and the and music side of everything and bringing that all together this amazing skill set together to make like this perfect comedy it's a total bummer she didn't get to do the sequel. Apparently, uh, Mike vetoed it, right? He was yeah. like... Yeah, that's a total bummer. Sounds yeah. like Mike's a bit of a bummer from everything I've heard no, about this. Actually uh, sounds like he's a bit of a dumb cunt. <laughs> I, I mean, exactly. I've actually heard someone say that before, club. and I disagreed with it then. Yeah. I disagree with <laughs> it Continue now. Continue Well, look, he's actually a smart If piece. we're going to weigh in, just based on this episode alone, of Mike's behaviour off-screen, I'm siding with Galevin's, you know, DC... I'll extended work, universe. I actually won't say the DCU in this one. I will say Mike's a perfect, perfect creature. So you think, like, I think he was a young work. man. Uh, he was some young guy. He's older than us. He made, <laughs> yeah. He's older than everyone here. Like, I actually was, think he was 28 when this film yeah. was made, and he made some mistakes, and it happens. Sure. You know, and it was the first time making a movie. Rob Lowe says he Mike taught him how to do comedy. But he taught him how to make movies, and I think and that's that just what, when it I think he taught us how to laugh. Oh. That's true, he did. Thanks for listening to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are really like Mike washing history. Like, that's one thing I've noticed. No, so we've, got to, we've got to There's acknowledge a lot of that he was a bit of a tool at this period, but we do forgive and forget. And that's what I Penelope think you guys does. Just forgetting. She forgives and forgets, <laughs> which is good. Because when she saw Austin Powers, she was like, This guy's got it. I give it up. I'll forgive him. Wow. Was is it that, Austin that, Powers? Has she gone on record yeah, to say that? That's what she, she has, says. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's gone on record saying that. When she saw some power, she was like, this guy's the real deal. That's just right off the back of Little Rascals too, isn't it? Yeah. So she knows what's funny. Yeah, like, it's so brutal that that's all she's really done since then. It's like, uh, I've been studying this a lot recently, like about women directors in Hollywood, how they've like been real short-shafted. Mm. And it's really upset me. Anyway, all, really didn't unfortunately, want to... uh, the, the, the Wayne male direct, you know, film industry, uh, yeah. they're just Stacey's to... That's yeah. true. Showing. <laughs> In a bad way. You yeah. would think though that with what's her... a negative swing? What's the like wingsha? You would think that question. with her her, uh, her like love of uh, of uh, and, and like you know connections to the 
to the metal scene, mm. You, mm. Would, you would have some better songs in in like I just I thought the songs were sick. <laughs> yeah, the, the soundtrack's great, but the Alice Cooper song is a mess. Yeah, that was at Alice's. Um, that was that was at Alice, uh, Alice Cooper's Shep. manager's request. Yeah. yeah, and now Mike fought for ages. He wanted like a classic. I think he wanted I'm eighteen. He wanted I'm eighteen or schools out. Yeah, but now Mike went on to like respect him so much that isn't he the subject of Mike's directorial debut? The Jocko that Mike put out. Yeah, it's really interesting. Have you listened to that song in full outside of Wayne's World? No, has like Elvira's on it. Oh and my god! Joe Satriani plays the Alien. There's more weird guests on it too. Alien Anthem. <laughs> also, I think um, uh, I, I would want. I wonder if the um, whoever wrote Cassandra's original songs, the ones that weren't the Why You Gonna Break My Heart. Is I, I wonder if she also wrote or the, that person also wrote Renee Zellweger's songs in um, Empire Records. Oh, oh god, yeah. That is, uh, I actually kind of like Why You Want to Break My Heart. Yeah, Me I think too. it's very catchy. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I could like put that it. on a mixtape sandwich between, I don't know, the Cardigans and maybe Spin Doctors How or something. How about Boo Radley's, um, <laughs> what's that song called again? There she goes. <clears throat> there she goes by the Boo Radleys. Guys, we got to check this film. Is it still good? Let's go around the table. Levens. It's unbelievable. It's a great fucking movie. Like, yes. All of my weird criticisms of it are so pointless because mm. it's just such an enjoyable movie to watch. No matter how many times you've seen it, no matter how old you are, it should be a movie that you watch frequently. Mm. Yes. Trust it. Oh, I still think it's actually probably my favorite comedy of all time. I think it's really, without, I didn't know until I watched it again recently that it really shaped a lot of things that I find funny and like, you know, jokes that I make and probably just all ripped from that in some form or another. <laughs> it, 100%. Yeah. It's better than all of Jim Carrey's movies. It's better yeah. than all of Adam Sandler's movies. Oh, yes. without a and doubt. And it's better than all of Mike Myers' movies. Yes. It's <laughs> so, it's... so have fun with this podcast. But it's not as good as all of Dana Carvey's movies. Yes. Well, <laughs> all Blues Brothers Master 2000. Master of Disguise, <laughs> Blues Brothers 2000. It's a back-to-back. Lex, what do you think? Good? I think um, this is the cream of something on Guy's Crocs. <laughs> this is the best of the bunch. This, it's a perfect comedy. I agree. And I, it, like I said before when we started this podcast... Not only did it deliver on a comedy level, delivered on a filmmaking level. Yeah. And it also held up for me as a film literate 25-year-old guy now. It's got heart. It's got a lot of jokes. It's basically a sketch movie, but it has some really great narratives in there. And you, you, every second of it is filled with joy, I would say. The whole film is a joyous Not experience. a dull moment. Like, yeah. you just, there's no, oh, you've got to fast forward this. It's just, you know... It's such a well-made movie. And it promotes DIY culture. It does. It's, it's like a zine it's movie. Isn't I it? love zines, obviously. Yeah. I love zines. Big zine head over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've checked it. It's zine good. and not heard your new podcast <laughs> coming out of... Uh, it's just the zine scene. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on the pod, guys. Thanks for having us. Honored to be like... Are we the first guest? You're the first. Yeah. First guest. Yeah, baby. Well, we've checked it and it turns out Wayne's World... It's still very good. Or to use Wayne Campbell's lingo, it is excellent. Yeah, right. Yeah, we are right. It is excellent. Monkeys might fly out of my butt, and that's okay with me. Thank you to the boys from Hey Fam, Levens and Truscott for joining us on this great episode. It was very fun chatting with them. If you guys like their vibe or the cut of their jib, you can listen to them on the Hey Fam podcast on iTunes. Great podcast. Great pod. We've been on it a few times, but I still listen even when I'm not on it. That's how much I like it. Levens also has a couple of other podcasts. He's got serious issues with 
which is a comic book podcast. This is a podcast I probably listen to the moment it comes out every week. It's my favorite podcast. There's also The Mitchin, which is all about food. And you know me, I love that food. And uh, Angus has a podcast with Scott Dooley called Greenlight Boys, which is about cinema. Never heard of it. Well, I love cinema, and I've also got another podcast all about cinema, the Blank Slate Movie Podcast. I host it with you, Cameron James. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, yeah, listen to that one. That's also yeah. on iTunes. And If it's... you like our vibe, you'll like this podcast. It's <laughs> us probably actually doing re- actually genuinely insightful film criticism, but we still talk about cum like on this podcast. We certainly do. Um, and speaking of this podcast, next week... We've got a very special Mini-Me episode. Yes, we're very funny boys and we're calling little in-between episodes Mini-Me's. Isn't that funny? That's we, funny, right? It is make me funny, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, this is a Mini-Me episode and I think we're going to calling it Mike Online. Yeah, something like that. Some- it's all we're, this week or next week. Sorry, we're going to be watching no movie, but just a bunch of clips of Mike Myers that we found on YouTube that we thought they we what? thought they really. This is the probably the episode where we actually find out who Mike is to some extent. Yeah, we definitely peek behind the curtain and see a glimpse of the real Mike Myers. We're going to be joined by one of our favorite comedians. Ben Russell, Melbourne comedian, wonderful guy, funny dude. He does some awesome impressions of some of our favorite Mike characters. You're going to love it. He is also, like us, one of Mike's tykes, one of the disciples of Mike Myers. Um, I'll give you, I'll tell you the three of our favorite videos that we're talking about. They're all available on YouTube. One of them is Mike Myers singing What's New Pussycat at the White House. Uh, I think it's for the Gershwin Prize being delivered to Burt Bacharach. Yes. Really disturbing video. <laughs> highly recommend it. <laughs> really highly recommend it. Uh, the second one is... At the AFI uh, Lifetime Achievement Award being given to Sean Connery, Mike Myers presents him with the award. Really great video. It goes for about seven minutes and it is very revealing oh. in, in its lack of revelations in a way. It's, it's like jazz, baby. It's what Mike's not saying. That you're supposed to listen to. But also everything he's saying also is pretty very much revealing he says. as well. His heart is on his oversized sleeve. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. <laughs> um, and also we, the other one of my favorite videos we talk about in that is uh, an interview that he does with Justin Timberlake for, I think, Shrek the Third. Yeah, it's like a press junket for Shrek the Third and they both seem jet lagged and exhausted and also like they've just met. And they've got no chemistry. And I think it's for moviephone.com or something yeah, like that it's on insane. YouTube. Or unplugged or something. Like, yeah. It's really, it's really bizarre. Thanks a lot, guys. Please keep listening. Keep listening to the blank slate. And if you're in Sydney on October 22, I'd love it if you come watch me do my stand-up hour. At the Factory Theatre, it's one night only. It's called Cameron James Shana Na Na Na. Google it, baby. It's a great show, baby. Um, also, just follow us on Twitter at Mike Check Pod. I'm on Twitter at This Is Alexi. Cameron's on Twitter at I Am Cameron James. We've been getting a lot of tweets about this show, a lot of Mike facts and stuff like that. A lot of people ask us about uh, what Fuck Club was actually like, which is something <laughs> we talked about for like one second on the podcast that has somehow got a lot of variety. Maybe we should do a Fuck Club pod. Probably do a Fuck Club episode of this podcast. Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, guys, thank you so much. And uh, potty on, everybody. Potty on. It's my check. It's my check. The podcast that Mike buys. And we're clear. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. <laughs> 